Welcome to Why Am I Losing It, presented by Bosley MD. Today, J.B. Shelton's guest is Samantha Harmon of Samantha's Beauty Confessions. Join J.B. and Samantha as they discuss the trials and tribulations of being a new professional in the beauty industry. And they share top advice for those looking to begin a career in beauty, from difficult decisions to conversations, and how to set up professional boundaries as a beginner. Bosley MD is proud to sponsor this podcast in the hopes that it will not only be of great value to salon owners, hairdressers, and barbers, but also to the men and women who struggle with hair loss. And now, here is J.B. Shelton as she welcomes Samantha Harmon. Well, welcome listeners. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here today on another episode of the Why Am I Losing It podcast. Our podcast all about hair loss, hair regrowth, hair loss solutions, the whys, the whats, the hows, the whos, and everything in between. And I am your host, J.B. Shelton, and I am excited to be here with our guest today, Miss Samantha Harmon. So let me tell you a little bit about Samantha. Samantha is an eight-year veteran behind the chair, so she's in her first 10 years of her career, and that's actually why we have her on here today. We want her perspective of what it's like starting out in the beauty industry of today. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Samantha and how amazing she is. So Samantha has her own Instagram and YouTube channel. And you're going to want to get a pen out and write this down because you're going to want to follow Samantha. She does some great tutorials, great education, not only for consumers, but also for fellow professionals. And that's going to be titled Samantha's Beauty Confessions. And again, that's on Instagram and YouTube. And then she also has a TikTok because who doesn't, right? And that is simply titled Samantha's Confessions. And Samantha resides out of Duncan, Oklahoma. And she is creating something a little bit new and cutting edge for the beauty industry, along with her studio where she does take care of her clients and her guests coming in the door. She's also starting a content studio for professionals. So today we're going to discuss that. What are the tragedies and triumphs of the new professionals? So welcome, Miss Samantha. We're so excited that you're with us today. Yes, I am so excited to be here and talk to everybody about all that is coming for the future. And it's hard to tell someone exactly what they can expect every day along the way. We just can't do that. We don't have that magic crystal ball, but we can kind of give you a bit of a structure of sorts of what to expect. But Samantha comes from a long line of beauty industry professionals. Samantha, tell us a little bit about your history in the beauty industry. I kind of grew up only knowing and being around the beauty industry because my mom, she did hair for maybe like 18 years before she opened her cosmetology school. And then my dad, he is a state beauty supply franchise owner where I'm at. So I just kind of grew up seeing both the hairstylist side of it. And then I saw like the education side. And then I also saw the sales side. So I've kind of seen all of it. You've seen all of it, but Samantha, you shared a little something with me when we talked before we got on our podcast that you absolutely didn't think you wanted to be a hairstylist. Am I right? That's right. I think people naturally just kind of expected me to follow in both my parents' footsteps. And so 
naturally as a, as a young child or an even teenager, I kind of rebelled against what everyone thought. And of course, after going to college, I ended up coming right back to what everyone thought I would do, which I feel like is how it always works, right? Sometimes you fight it, but you just can't fight that internal soul mission. But you are a little bit different than the average professional, I will say that. Many of us went straight to beauty school, but you didn't do that, Samantha. You received your bachelor's degree, correct? I went to college, but I didn't actually graduate. I went, though, for the full time. I think I have like 10, 12 hours left, like no time. However, whenever it got down to the end of my college, which I think anyone listening that's been to college may relate to this, my advisor informed me that two of my classes were prerequisites of each other. So I had to take one and then I would have to take the second and then the third. You couldn't take them out of order. You had to take one, two, and three. And it was at that time that I tried to change even my major just to kind of get out of there sooner with a different degree. But no matter how we try to play the cards, it was going to end up taking me a whole nother year instead of just like that six month semester. And so, yeah, I didn't actually finish school. So I wish it would have worked out where I, I could have done that. Yes, of course I do. But I've honestly never thought about it since, since starting to do hair. That's how you know you made the right decision when you don't look back with any type of regret. But whether you receive that bachelor's degree or not, you did receive a lot of education. You were able to grow in maturity, you grow in knowledge and all of that. And then you came into the salon. My expectation, I'm sure your mom did too, thought this is going to be a powerhouse stylist because you've got a traditional education under your belt. You also grew up in the beauty industry, probably growing up at your mom's salon, watching her do hair. And now you've got They had the education school, and then they also had the state beauty supply. So my question was, you know, did you feel like everybody had really high expectations for you? Was that a little pressure for you? Yes. So I think that over the years, I've done a lot of soul searching, especially when everything happened during COVID and all the shutdowns and all that, you had a lot of time on your hands to to kind of think about things and put things into perspective. I think a lot of my fear with doing hair in general came from those expectations that would I felt like would be put on me because my mom was a very, very successful hairstylist. And looking back, I don't know how she was able to do all that she did in that time because you couldn't charge as much as you do today. But she made very, very good money even back then. And that took a lot, a lot of work and a lot of just entrepreneurship that I kind of look up to in her still today. And so I think people naturally just thought that it was almost like genetic or whatever that I would just yeah. ability to do hair, but I'm not as outgoing as my mom is. And so it was something that I was always a little fearful of that I wouldn't live up to the expectations, which when I was doing all that reflecting, I think that my fear of that inside was what kind of motivated me and kind of pushed me to be to where I'm at in my career today. And a little bit of another twist that I think helped me with that was I actually, I don't have a relationship with my dad. And I think that that kind of motivated me too and lit a fire under me because he had told me when I dropped out of college that I was never going to make it in the industry. And, you know, he really drilled those fears I already had more into my head. And so that really lit a passion underneath me even harder. And I think early on, I was doing everything I could to prove him wrong and to also 
prove to myself that he was wrong. Well, I know exactly what you're saying, because uh, proving them wrong seems to be kind of a theme amongst a lot of beauty industry professionals. I know myself, I went to beauty school when I was 33. So I already had a career in the restaurant industry. And this was, I was switching gears. And I'll never forget, I told my mom I was going to go to beauty school. And I'd had a child at this point. It was a major shift in my life. And I remember her saying, why would you do that? You're never going to make any money. That's too much work, not enough money. Even still, this was in the 2000s. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was 1972. And so, yeah, I've had an element of where I've proved them wrong. I've had that kind of maybe inspiration, like you say, when you open a salon or you go out on your own or whatever you start your entrepreneur journey in. A lot of people do have naysaying. And so that is a great motivation. But tell me, what were some of the, I don't want to say tragedies because that's a little dramatic, but you know, as hairstylists, we encounter humans who've had hair trauma, maybe severe hair loss, maybe a terrible traumatizing haircut and color experience that didn't go well, whatever. What was some of the experiences you found and what kind of advice would you give to new professionals on how to handle those really touchy moments that maybe do require someone with a little bit more wisdom and maturity, but you don't have that. And that's right here in front of you. And you got to take care of this guest. What are some of your experiences being presented with those experiences of guests? Starting out as even an assistant or getting someone who can be like a mentor to you for a little bit. I think that's always a really good way to kind of ease into it and a good a learning opportunity too, because you can see in real time kind of how they handle their clients and any unhappy client that didn't like their color or whatever. You can kind of pick up on that through watching them. For me, I was a child and my mom was doing hair, but I got to see her business side coming out as her clients were there. I got to see her having consultations with them and I got to see how she handled unhappy guests and things like that. And so I think that that kind of helped me out early on, but definitely someone who didn't have that opportunity. I think that shadowing or assisting or any program like that is good. There is always going to be that one time. I know that no matter what we do, we can't always control how things play out and how people's hair take the color or whatever. And so just giving yourself that confidence to be able to navigate through, like you were saying, that situation and come to some sort of agreement with your guests to make it where they're happy, but you're not having to go through leaps and bounds to get them there. Exactly. Well, I love that educational piece. Beauty school is great. And beauty schools, as you know, with your mother's own business, they can only teach you so much in a 10 to 12 month period. Beauty schools are really there to give you your foundational knowledge and your foundational kind of patterns, if you will, and understanding. But that next level of education really does have to happen in the salon. And it really does have to happen with a veteran stylist or a veteran esthetician or a veteran salon owner, whatever you want to say, to be able to guide you. And I know there's a lot of young people today graduating and they're going straight to independent operator situation. And it just makes me nervous because I'm like, what is that young professional going to do? How are they going to handle a mistake? Oh, this didn't turn out the way I wanted. Oh my goodness, her hair is boiling. Oh, I didn't know you used vegetable dye on your hair. Now it's breaking off. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And that's where really being in a salon and on a team, I think you've just hit the nail on the head there. 
being in a salon team where you have that confidence of others that have maybe already blazed that trail and made some mistakes and want to share with you on how to avoid them in the first place. So tell me, I always like to get nitty gritty a little bit. What's without keeping names and faces out of it, obviously, what was one of your first big lessons, as I like to call them, as a hairstylist? So I think that for me, I mentioned I was trying to kind of prove my dad wrong in the beginning. And for that reason, I was working like crazy. So I, it wouldn't matter to me if it was a Sunday or if it was at eight o'clock at night or whatever, because early on, I subconsciously kind of thought that anybody that was sitting in my chair, no matter how much they were paying me or how little they were paying me for is really how I should say it. That was proving my dad wrong. It it was helping me know that I wasn't going to fail subconsciously. And so I think early on, what I struggled with was not setting boundaries in place, which I finally am at a point now where I've been able to implement boundaries with clients. But I will say it took me a lot longer to get there simply because I didn't start out that way. I started out letting my clients kind of tell me when I was going to be working and I would fix their hair, even if it had been like two and a half weeks since I did it last. I wanted them happy. I didn't want anyone to say anything bad about me and all the things that are not good that I don't recommend to people. I think it's good to start out with uh, how you want to end up. And even if you build slower, at least you're building clients that value you and that respect your time and you respect their time and it's more mutual than just a one-sided type thing. Because it really is like a relationship. No, it absolutely is a relationship. And all relationships that are healthy and not toxic must have mutual respect and mutual communication. And you can hit the nail on the head, the boundaries. And I think in America, we're not used to boundaries and we're starting Mm -hmm. to learn what they are, whether it's in the workplace or the home or with friends or whatever, we're learning what boundaries are. And I think that's probably your number one recommendation or piece of advice to the younger stylist is what are your boundaries? Is it your schedule? Is it your pricing? Is it I don't give discounts? Is it I don't work on Sundays? Five days, you got to call me if something's wrong or something isn't the way you thought it would be. Setting those boundaries in place in the beginning is keeping your boundaries so hard because stylists, we're artists. And so being an artist, we tend to lean on emotions a little bit more going to harvest later. And if you're planting seeds everywhere, that sounds great. But then when they all come to harvest, can you handle that? Yes, exactly. And I think too, I'm a big believer in over communicating. Sometimes I feel like the things that I emphasize to people like, yes, they already know. And yes, I've already told them a million times. But that one time I forget to express that or to state that, that policy or whatever it may be, that's the one time that I'm going to wish I would have. So I think that you can never over communicate in this industry. I think that, like you said, we go off of our emotions. We don't want to upset people. We want everyone to like us, whatever. And I think that it's so hard to grasp, but I promise you that clients will adapt to your working hours if they value you as a stylist. I've seen it firsthand that I no longer work Saturdays and clients that really told me they could only ever come Saturdays are now coming on Wednesdays or Thursdays, whatever day I'm in. I promise they will make it work, really will. Whether you have to take them from like platinum to more of a lived-in look to give them longer between visits, but they'll make it work out if they want to sit in your chair. 
That absolutely is true. And I think that would be the next conversation. How do you encourage and support a stylist in holding their boundaries when their weaknesses are telling them, oh, she might leave you if you don't come in, or he might never come back if you don't. That voice of scarcity in the background that's also motivating you a little bit, but mostly out of fear. Where do young stylists go if they're not in a big salon or a salon that's already set up all the policies and protocol? What does a young stylist do to find out what kind of boundaries to start out with. I think that definitely that voice in the back of our heads that tell us they're going to leave is so real. I think anyone can relate to that that's listening out there. Even if they are not a new stylist, I think it's so relatable. But what I always try to remind myself when I get fearful of things like that is that if they do decide to leave, then there's a lot of other opportunities out there for other people to take take their spot on your books. And it may not be even that same week or even month, but eventually the right people will end up in your chair. And I truly believe that because now eight years into my career, I would say that every single person that I do their hair, we have a very healthy mutual relationship with each other. And they know that I travel now and they know that I do teaching and all of that. And they know that they may have to take off work in an afternoon or something to get in, but that's okay because we've kind of made it where they don't have to come every four weeks. Maybe they can come every eight to 10. And that that is a trend in the beauty industry in general. And that really started before the pandemic, the lived in look style, wearing your hair a little bit longer in between colors. That is something that is a trend Mm -hmm. through the beauty industry. And so learning that as a stylist, knowing when to offer that service, knowing how to discuss it, knowing how to communicate it, knowing how to put boundaries in so you can have the mutual respect in your relationships that you're looking for professionally. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Samantha. I think the number one thing, way to do that is find a mentor, get in a salon that offers education, get in a salon that has somebody that you can shadow and you can work with and you can learn new techniques and you can listen into consultations and you can listen into even the times when maybe the client isn't happy because that happens too. It happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to pretty much every stylist and it's okay because mm-hmm. sometimes that's just a miscommunication that can usually be solved. But I think you've got to get a mentor would be what I am taking away from this. Get a yeah. mentor. Yeah, definitely. Like today, for example, this is like a real life situation, but I have a client who she's getting married and she's been with me since the very, very beginning. And she just got sprung on her that she's going to have a surprise kind of wedding shower this weekend. And she wanted to know if there was any way I could get her in sooner. And so I normally don't work late nights, but I understand that this is kind of a important time in her life. And so I'm going to go up and do her hair and stay later than I normally would. But like I said, she would do the same for me if I needed to move last minute or something like that. And so it's really just about forming these relationships with your clients. And I don't feel like I'm having to overwork to please her at all. I want to help her. It's her wedding shower. It's good once you get to a point from setting those boundaries it just feels a lot better all the way around for everyone. When I talk to our staff, I always say the guest has earned the right for us to come in outside of our schedule because mm-hmm. they've been a loyal client for the last 10, 15, eight, whatever years. Mm-hmm. They respect us. They pre-book. They take our recommendations for 
treatment plans and uh, take home product for maintenance. Those are the guests that are kind of your golden eggs. And those are the guests that absolutely, it's like you have your boundaries in place, but we all know what it's like to be in kind of a pickle. And we hope that when we're in a pickle, somebody will remember we brought to the table. So I love that because sometimes it does regard you to maybe go outside your boundaries for somebody who's earned the right and shown you the respect you deserve as a professional as well. So I love that. And that's what we're going to end on. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. Boundaries. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. I truly appreciate you. And one more time for our listeners, if you want to find Samantha Harmon, if you're looking for a new stylist, she's out of Duncan, Oklahoma, and she's called The Studio. She's also got an Instagram and YouTube channel called Samantha's Beauty Confessions. And then we also have a TikTok channel called Samantha's Confessions. I personally have been following you for quite some time, Samantha. I've seen your videos on Instagram, et cetera, and I love the way they're just a very simplistic approach to styling your hair, to getting the look that you want, whether it's a new trend. I just love watching you. You're so good with that. And then we also want to thank our sponsor today, Bosley MD. Bosley MD has been providing hair loss solutions for over 40 years to men and women because Samantha, I'm sure you found out by now, hair loss isn't just for men anymore, is it? No, not at all. It's for women too, unfortunately. So if you have any questions about hair loss and a hair loss journey, check us out on www.bosleymd.com, our website, where you can also look up and find a thinning hair expert in your area. So thank you again, Miss Samantha. Good luck with your new studio. I'll be looking for some new content coming out of there for you. And maybe we can schedule a, a round two after you get your content studio up and going. We can do a podcast on that and let our listeners know what that's all about. What do you say? Yes, I would love that. Everybody, that stuff, all of the studio stuff will be on my YouTube and Instagram and um, probably even TikTok. So definitely follow along. And I'd love to do a part two because like we were talking about earlier, I think it, it's the way of the future. It's the up and coming things. Okay, well, we'll connect and we'll get you set up for podcasts too. But in the meantime, have a great spring. And thank you so much for joining us today, Samantha. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you'll join us for our next podcast. And be sure to check out all of our past podcasts. For more information about Bosley MD, You'll find us online at bosleymd.com. That's B-O-S-L-E-Y-M-D.com. And of course, all social media. Feel free to send your questions and comments to info at bosleymd.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>